Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it out. What it do, what it do, what it do, everybody. Jason Jones of The Athletic and many other ventures, but you are here for the Ruler of the Court podcast where I talk hip-hop, I talk Sacramento Kings, NBA, and whatever else I feel like chatting about, quite honestly. And on this episode, not so much really any basketball talk. It was basketball talk, but it's not going to be. It's going to be Kings talk. It's going to be more of a Kings rant, and not a rant against the Kings, but actually a rant against what I find to be one of the oddest things in the NBA, and if you don't know what that is. It should be quite obvious given some of the things that happened to the Kings in the last week or so. My rant, my gripe with the NBA right now is it relates to the last two minute report. And I've never liked <laughs> the last two minute report. Never. Not because, say, any team I like did or did not benefit. I just don't see the benefit of an NBA, the NBA itself, basically coming out and saying, yeah, you know what? Her refs are fucking up. I just don't see the point of that. I mean, we see it when it happens a lot of times live. And then in these close games, the last two minute report comes out. And I've got several issues about that. I'll get, you know, I'll get into those. But it comes out, and if you're the Kings, you're rightfully pissed off by what comes out. Let's just go back to the very, very recent memory. Let's look back at the Kings game at Miami last week. Tyler Hero travels on his game-winning shot. It's a tough shot to make. You know, and of course it's, you know, he has to like shuffle, get his balance. And of course he was able to get his balance because he traveled. After the game, Mike Brown goes off. Come to find out, two minute report comes out. Tyler Hero travel. Tyler uh, 
Hero did the cha-cha slide. He did the wobble, all that, to get that shot off that uh, would eventually sink the Kings. And then we go to Monday night. The Kings, for all intents and purposes, played well enough to win. You know, Steph went Steph. You know, seven, 47 points, 17 to 24 shooting. It's going to be hard to beat them, but it's, you know, even if you've had a lead most of the game. But it's even harder to beat the Warriors if Steph can get away with traveling with about 16 seconds to go and Clay Thompson can get away with fouling Kevin Herter on a potential game-tying three. And now in that game, the Kings had some of their own mishaps late. You know, not fouling quick enough, I thought, after... Uh, Committing a take, committing a foul to uh, force the Warriors inbounds with about nine seconds to go. Yeah, but the fact is, is that the Kings should have got the ball back with 16 seconds or so after a t- after a travel, and they should have had the opportunity. Even if you don't get the, the travel call, they should have had three free throws <laughs> to try to force overtime. They didn't get it. The last two-minute report comes out. Boom. Sorry, Kings. You got screwed again. Now, issue number one with the last two-minute report. The only They only use it in you know close games and then in the final two minutes. And that assumes that no, you know, it kind of it kind of gives the assumption, should I say, that. There weren't calls butchered that had an impact on the game in the first 46 minutes. You know, what about a questionable call or two in the third that, say, gives the star player his third and fourth foul and he's got to sit until the fourth and the other team goes on a run? You know, what about, I don't know, a, a you know a you know a uh, you know I can't even think of any other calls that you know I think mainly about fouls but you know what about a coach having to use a challenge on an obviously bad call example uh, when Dwayne Detman had his entire foot dang near in the restricted area on a play against Demontis Sabonis and Mike Brown has to use that challenge which was you know clear as day live that. Deadman was in the restricted area, but now he doesn't have that challenge for later in the game. That's not accounted for in the last two-minute report. And so it, the way things are structured, it just kind of gives you the impression or the setup that the only calls that were questionable or calls that were that could potentially have altered the game were in the last two minutes, which we all know is bullshit. That's not true. And then let's just get to the fact how the, the report is even released. It's almost like if you were on the playground, everyone's going na 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 at you <laughs> when the report comes out. At least this must be how the Kings have to feel. And they're probably thinking they're at least a couple of bad calls away from going undefeated on their four-game road trip. They got to feel like that. They got to feel like this just isn't fair. How in the world did we not you know, you know, get a chance to win both of those games and come back, you know, back to the crib, you know, going four and on a trip. But didn't happen. And the last two minute report remains to be one of the funniest things 
I, I can think of in sports just because it doesn't change anything. The Yes, Kevin Herter was fouled by Clay Thompson. We're not going to go back and replay the final 1.6 seconds of that game. You're not going to go back and say, okay, Kevin, you get your uh, three free throws now and let's start it all up. You're not going to go back and rescind Tyler Hero's shot. There's none of that's going to happen. So it ends up being basically like how we're teasing you. And it is what it is. That being said, the Kings cannot sit around and expect calls to go their way or a whistle to save them. The fact is, in the Warrior game, they controlled that game most of the night. And they let the Warriors back in. And so it got to a point where a call here and there could make a big difference. For this team to begin to take the next steps to trying to become a playoff team, they've got to get above that. You can't let these games, you know, get close to where it can go down. To, you know, but I should I say, you can't let a game like that get close when you've been up by 10, 15 points a good chunk of the game. Why? Because you're the Kings. You're not going to get those calls. Just not. And I know uh, no one wants to no no one wants to believe that you know a call might be dictated or the whistle might get swallowed based on who's committing the foul. But we know it's human nature. We know what happens. We know people pick up on tendencies, and certain defenders can get away with things that other defenders can't get away with because of reputation, you know, track record, so on and so forth. So the Kings just need to learn how to play above this. And maybe that takes, you know, another week, another month. I don't know. But they definitely have to figure out how to play above these situations if they are to become the team they think they can become, which is a playoff team. And they're not there yet. I don't think anyone expected to see them come out and, you know, start the year seven and two. You know, I think given how the season started, three and six is not the worst place to be in. So we just have to roll around, wait around, should I say. And see what's going to happen with these kings. So. And hey folks. Before we go on to. The. My favorite part of the show. Where we talk about hip hop. You know what we got to get to. We have to give you. The latest and the greatest. From our good friends. Over at DraftKings. You know what, NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% Boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Got the Kings coming up. They're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so if you're catching this before then, who knows? Maybe you can uh, 
Same game parlay. How many points Donovan Mitchell goes for? How many points De'Aaron Fox goes for? How many rebounds for DeMontis Sabonis? Uh, how many block shots for Jared Allen? How many points off the bench? You know, there's so many different things you can do, you know, with your same game parlay. And as a WWE fan, I love the fact that DraftKings has is with the WWE as well. So I can be a gambler too, a little bit, so to speak. <laughs> And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA, or probably where you should go to bet on the NBA, should I say. Because remember, I don't necessarily trust these guys because I know them, and I don't know if my job actually allows me to bet on the NBA. Got, we got rules and all that fun stuff, but don't, don't let that stop you from getting your gamble on. So here's what you got to do. You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now we're going to jump back to the show. Ba ba ba, we are back. And... A lot of hip-hop things I could get into. A lot's gone on since the last time we met. But what I'm going to start with is the uh, Drake 21 Savage album, Her Loss. And more specifically, I'm going to talk about kind of the controversy surrounding that, that album in terms of Drake's line about basically saying, you know, the woman, you know, she gets shot. She's just gonna. She gonna lie about. She gonna lie about it. She's taking shots. She gonna lie about it. But she's still a stallion. Obviously, you know. I think uh, Drake is pals with Tory Lanez, and we all know the situation that happened with uh, Tory Lanez and Meg The Stallion. And I won't say I'm surprised, but I was su- completely. But the level of angst from the public about Drake seeming to make fun of Meg The Stallion getting shot in the foot and this is a this has been a weird case as long as it's been out there there's been like sketchy details at times not everyone believes the story and meg has said more than once once this full story comes out you'll see what happened but i was honestly surprised by the backlash drake took for this i mean this is hip-hop and generally in hip-hop anything goes and at least hip-hop i grew up on but we're in a different era in time and artists are being held more accountable for what they say. I mean, that line when I was coming up in the eighties and nineties might have got laughed at. Oh, that's hip hop, you know. So we doing hip hop. We make fun stuff. We uh, play with wordplay. It's metaphors. We take things that happen in real life and put it in our songs. You know, use them as examples. And but people were not here. They were not with the shit with Drake on this one. They were not here for him. You know, clowning a woman who, who you know who says she got shot by you know by by her boyfriend at the time, but I'll say this: it's weird or it's crazy to expect counter accountability like that in this situation for a few reasons. One, this is Drake. Drake is always on some shit like that, where it's going to be some type of, especially when it comes to women. You know, women are going to love Drake no matter what, so he really don't give a damn what he has to say. And he maybe he just felt like it was a clever line he liked it because we all know Drake doesn't need to say things for attention. Drake breathes on 
on a on a few tracks for about forty five minutes to an hour. It's gonna be number one on all your you know streaming services off the bat because it's Drake. Drake just moves you know moves the needle like that. But so a lot, of course Drake don't give a damn about this. It's not like people are gonna cancel Drake. And secondly, hip hop as a genre has so many songs where women are not the most flattering part of the song they're not they're not portrayed the most flattering light and if you've been around long enough i think we're all guilty you know i wonder what the reaction would be if snoop dogg's ain't no fun came out in 2022 instead of 1992 93 i mean on the song that the last song of the chronic is a song called bitches ain't shit and <laughs> I don't know if you could you know, maybe roll with that as a big time artist in 2022. But this is what hip hop has always been. So if anything, maybe you take this as a positive that they're going to continue to hold artists more accountable for the things they say. I'm not sure that's realistic, you, you know, but if you listen to some of, you know, the late 80s, early mid 90s, even early 2000s music, there's been words that are um, homophobic you know, uh, gay slurs, uh, stereotypes and whatnot, that have slowly kind of just phased themselves out of the music. There's language, I listen to some of my old stuff, that you don't hear anymore. There's probably songs that don't get performed anymore. So there's that. But, yeah, I don't have a lot of hope that hip-hop is going to police itself and itself is all going to go away. But I think, you know, on an album called Her Loss... I'm not surprised that Drake would have a line like that. So, there's that. Two more things before I go. Shout out to Eminem and his uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech where he used it to go from A to Z to thank every rapper and every who influenced him. And he crossed, you know, all generations of hip-hop going a all the way to Z. To me, that's one of the dopest acceptance speeches of all time. So shout out to Eminem for that. And finally, um, this week marks the 26-year anniversary of the release of the Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory. That was, uh, excuse me, Tupac, rather, uh, and uh, Machiavelli's last album. I consider it, as, even though the album came out in this case, clearly about a month or about a about a month or so after he passed, I consider it still to be his last album, just because based on when it was released, you you know that he had you no know, real input in this one. You know, he had filmed videos. He did you know the uh, "To Live and Die in L.A." video, did the "Hit 'Em Up" video. You know, so there was a he was around for that. You know, some of the other ones, the the post. You know, the posthumous, yeah, po posthumous, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all, forgive me. It's a little late in the evening. I haven't been drinking, I'm just tired. But <laughs> you look at some of the things that came out after that, there was some good music in there, but it definitely was not, you know, what maybe what Pac would have put out. And this album, oh man, this came out, if this came out nowadays, oh God, Pac on the album cover, on the cross, crucified, and of course, of course, that's going to evoke uh, thoughts and images of Jesus Christ, which is going to offend a lot of people. And even though we know that historically Jesus Christ was not the only person crucified, 
in those times. You know that wasn't going to sit well, but you know Pac did what he did, and I just want to highlight, you know, some of my favorite tracks from this album. Uh, played this like crazy in college. Um, you know, bomb first is how he 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 opens the album. Clearly, Pac still had beef till the day he died with people. You know, Bad Boy Killer, Jay Z died too. Looking out for Mob Deep. You know, when I find you, you know, <laughs> you know. Then you fa- go to the end against all odds. He's talking about Nas and Mob Deep. You know, Pac was Pac, but you know, some uh, one of my favorite songs in there is "Me and My Girlfriend." I actually wrote a paper about that in college because of the metaphor. The song's a big metaphor, and I wrote a whole paper on that. I think I got an A on it, too. So, shout out to Pac for the inspiration. Uh, maybe my uh, Probably my favorite song, you know, might be Blasphemy. It just, it just seems so raw. You know, toss it up. Of course, it's going to make people mad. Yeah, Pac was... You know, I just would have loved to have seen Pac live to see how a 45-year-old Pac would, would look back at the 25-year-old toss it up Pac. And finally, the song that always is going to be, uh, you know, near and dear to live and die in L.A. Like I said, no, but I believe that's the last video that was released before a Tupac song. So could be wrong. I mean, should I say a, a video that was released with Tupac in it alive. So I could be wrong, but those are my memories of that album. So you get a chance if you want to reminisce, go check that out. So that's what all I got for you right now. Kings host the Cavs uh, coming up Wednesday. Um, I'll be chilling, doing some work, checking games out, get back with you then. So, again, this is Jason Jones. You can find my work at theathletic.com. You can find my other podcast, me and my boy Kenny Caraway, or have the J Street Vibes. I have the Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling podcast. I was supposed to record one with my son last week. He was a little upset with his mom, got a little distracted, and so we didn't get to record, but I think we may record in this week or next, I don't know. But, a lot going on for me. Y'all be good out there. Uh, Find me on socials at MrJonesLBC on Instagram, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. So, y'all be safe out there. I'll catch you next time. I'm out.